Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Uh, today we're going to talk about the NFL's division round games. Uh, and then a little bit about baseball before uh, jumping back into the NFL uh, conference championship games. Uh, we'll start in the same place we've been starting for many, many weeks now. Uh, with the most interesting stories from last week's NFL games. Um, the Chiefs won uh, after a Mahomes injury uh, held on for victory there. Um, was that the most interesting story or were, was the Phillies blowout uh, more interesting or or um, one of the other games? What was most intriguing to you, Mike? Well, partly because I'm, I'm a Kansas City homer, uh, but also partly because I think this is the story that is the main story of the week happening right now before the game. Um, that is Mahomes' injury. I think uh, some people would say, well, the, you know, the, the Bengals beating the Bills was a surprise uh, in, in doing it so well. But I think that was less of a surprise to me. I thought the Bengals were as good or better than we the both, Bills. We both would have picked that. You, you yeah, did. and, and uh, I, I would have. In, had you not already picked that one. <laughs> and in the snow, I think um, the any pass rush against the Bengals would be kind of um, minimized. And, and, and so Denver, I mean, so uh, the Buffalo really couldn't take advantage of Cincinnati's problems on their offensive line. Right. And, you know, they could run it straight ahead. And they did that a lot. And then they, and like Burrow didn't throw for that many yards and they only scored 27 points. It's not like they really, you know, overwhelmed Buffalo with firepower or whatever. It was, you know, it was a small, it was 27 points. They scored 27 points against Buffalo. It's, it's, they didn't even score four touchdowns. You know, it's not, it's, yeah. it's not like as huge blow. They kept the Bills from scoring. And a lot of that was because I think, um, it's, you need to have a running game in the snow, and the Bills don't at all don't have one outside of Allen, and Allen didn't play well. So um, I'm I'm less. I guess I I am less on the sort of Joe Burrow hype train uh, than I would be. I think Mahomes on one leg was just as impressive as in terms of his numbers as Burrow. I think probably the Jacksonville defense right now is better than the Buffalo defense because the Buffalo defense, they have like no um, secondary and they have, you know, they're absent Von Miller. So like their best mm-hmm. pass rusher. And I think they were down. I think they're, their number five safety is starting for them and they're down corners and stuff. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it was it's a little tougher. Yeah. I think as the Bills were were hyped in the early going, mm-hmm. um, they really were not that good as the season went on, though. So it's not the same. Um, it's not the same Bills team that played against Kansas City. It maybe it was the same Bills team plus Demar Hamlin that probably would have also gotten blown out in Cincinnati had that incident not happened, given the way Cincinnati was moving the ball. So I, I you know, it's a big win. I. We'll talk about Cincinnati more, but I think I think the Mahomes story is the big one, though. Um, I think in NFC the games, maybe the individual games went differently from how people might have imagined, at least differently from how I imagined. 
uh, <laughs> not differently for you. I think you got both of those games right in your bet. Um, no, I got neither. Um, <laughs> I did. I did think San Francisco was probably going to win. I would have taken San Francisco minus four, but I was not. Uh, but um, you know. So, but anyway, I th- those games were more predictable. And they and they went according to script more or less. I guess the Giants were not as good as we thought, and and maybe the Cowboys also <laughs> weren't, weren't very good. But um, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm a, the Mahomes ankle thing is 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 the thing that I'm thinking about like all the time, and so that's the most. Yeah. How how about you? what what do you think? Yeah, and, and should we be more impressed that um, that uh, Chad Henney was able to come into the game and and uh, lead the team immediately on a. 98 yard drive uh to get points on the board with like you know without having played meaningful snaps all season that's i mean that ended up being really significant to the game yeah it was really good um haney did get very fortunate on that tipped pass fairly early on that easily could have been intercepted by jacksonville uh at like about the chiefs 30 but yeah. other than that, the drive went pretty smoothly. There was a, a roughing the passer penalty that added 15 yards, but that was after the Chiefs already made a first down on the play. Mm-hmm. And then Pacheco's run was the next one. So, like, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference uh, in, yeah. in the scheme of things. It was probably a roughing the passer makeup call on, uh, like, you know, they it was the same player, uh, Key, who hit Mahomes, who also hit. Uh, Henny a little bit in the face mask, so maybe yeah. that was part of it. But um, Henny Henny was impressive. He only had 23 yards passing though. <laughs> it's only it was mostly a running. It was good running, and you know Henny did what he needed to do. It was you know in the spot in the spot. It was great, but um, yeah, you know, he did he did a great job stepping in. I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, malign uh, Henny's performance, but it was not. It was not the same type of drive that would have been probably if Mahomes had been in oh, the sure. uh, game. Yeah. But now when we go back to when we were talking about this in the preseason, pre-preseason, did they make the right choice? Now, is that justified the decision to keep Henny on the roster before the season even started uh, to be the backup quarterback then? Does that, it, well, does that you, justify it right there, right? He's earned his money, they, right? The, you can say they didn't make a wrong choice uh, because it worked. Like, yeah. there's nothing to say that Shane Bouchelle wouldn't have done the same thing. But, um, you know, I guess a saver in that moment. So I guess it worked. But, like, it's not, like, the only thing that could have worked. Sure. And <laughs> if that one tip pass had gone slightly differently, it wouldn't have worked. So it was, like, you know, some of it was luck. Some of it was um, – I think um, Henny's um, uh, kind of poise and stability that he added back there. So I, you know, but like you know, sometimes these games, really, what's a you know a great play from a horrible play? It's only it's a matter of inches and and, and kind of fortunate, a fortunate bounce here and there. And I think you know every every team gets those, but I don't think it's not like I don't think the Chiefs in general that game had more good bounces than bad because of course they had Mahomes got hurt, which is a much uh, kind of worse uh, lucky break than than or you know has you know than you know a, a miss a near miss interception but yeah you know so you know it, it's with these with samples this small it's it's you know it, it's small sample size kind of we say okay yeah it was this wonderful wonderful drive it was one drive 
had Henny had to stay in the whole game, I'm not sure the Chiefs would have won. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way to know. Yeah, did you did you think that the Chiefs might leave Henny in to start the second half? The way they were talking about it, it seemed like they would. I thought they I thought they might have. I thought they might have left left Henny in until they absolutely needed Mahomes to come back. Like if it, if it got to be tied or they got behind somewhere in that scenario. But yeah, uh, I I I think I would have gone back in that, in that the, environment. I think the way the Chiefs did it is better. And if Mahomes had been hurt more and more, put Henny in. But like I think making a hurt player possibly play from behind and be, yeah. and come back is worse than leaving him in and then seeing what the backup can do if if you know it starts to get tight or if, if Mahomes is not able to do what he needs to do. Yeah. Because it's possible that if uh Henny wasn't doing so well, you put Mahomes in there, he might have done even worse uh and then you don't know so like you know you might as well try try your starter first and then see what happens that's, at least that's what i think yeah um, and it wasn't like a head injury it wasn't like it wasn't like a career threatening kind of injury it was an ankle so i think and this is the game that the chiefs had to win so mm-hmm. i think they made the right decision by the way i did like the way that they, they um you know they had caught on video that very moment when mahomes is told like that he had to go get the x-ray or he wasn't coming back into the game and uh you know his like emotional response to that was was pretty telling as to you know how what kind of a competitor he is right like he wants to be in there and he would have played i think in almost any scenario <laughs> he found out that he, he had a right. leg. He would have played. He probably would have yeah. tried to go back out there anyway right if he had broken his ankle he would have played he would have wanted to play i think so it's because they wanted him to get an x-ray to make sure it wasn't broken uh, yeah and you know, make his knee might have been you know, messed up too. It was, it was a. Do you, I, I've read, I've read online and kind of heard whispers about the the tackle. Do you think that tackle was intentional uh, by the Jaguars on um, Mahomes's leg, or was that just kind of a fluky thing? When I when I saw it, I did not think it was a dirty play, but it's just one of those things that happens. What. That was my at least gut response anyway. So, and and I mean I kind of see how people could think that it that it was maybe intentional, but I don't think so. Yeah, it had a little bit of kind of a horse collar effect to it, even if it wasn't a horse collar tackle. The way he kind of got bent back and landed on. Did go back, Um, yeah. But and and given the fact that the Jaguars have a little bit of a reputation against the chiefs at least from this year as being kind of dirty yeah uh, with the juju hit uh but um i'm not sure i it's it's it wasn't blatant if it was but I, yeah it's hard to tell and, and a lot of those were slowed down so it's it's hard to tell mm-hmm. um but it was unfortunate either way i don't think it wasn't like super egregious if it i, I don't think if it, in, in the moment the uh Cisco hit on Juju from the early regular season game. I thought was dirty the second I saw it, and and then you know seemed to be confirmed by the hits that came later from the same player uh, to other Chiefs, um, you know, receivers later in the game. So uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm still pretty confident in that. Yeah, that wasn't legit, but the uh, yeah. I didn't see it as much as um, seemingly intentional later anyway, in the 
you know, against Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is after the game that that uh, yeah. I saw people talking about it. But um, yeah, do you want do you want do you want to talk about our bet with that game before we move sure. on to the other games? Sounds good. <laughs> this is where you started your uh, in, in what became an insurmountable lead on the weekend. Yeah, uh, you you, well, you had um, what, what was your what was your bet? So um, I took the under in the game. It was uh, 53 was the line. Uh, 27-20 was the final score. So stayed at uh, 47. So a touchdown minus an yeah. extra point under. So successful bet for, for, my, for yeah. my first pick. And it was helped. I think your bet in this case was helped by the Mahomes injury. Uh, a bit. If, even if it's because <laughs> it's possible. That, uh, I think the Chiefs would have scored more points had Mahomes. I think they would have gotten a touchdown on the drive where they ended up getting a field goal that first when they had, it was 10, it was seven to seven and the chiefs were driving. And then like, they mm. couldn't like Mahomes couldn't move and like tried to like, couldn't even throw the ball straight. He just kind of threw the ball into the dirt. Right. Um, and they ended up kicking a field goal there. Butker turned out to be really good. This game, he kicked two fifty yard field goals yeah, um, and all his extra points. So it, it's possible the chiefs would have scored more. And maybe if the chiefs had scored more, I don't know. Jacksonville actually might have scored fewer because they couldn't have probably relied on the run game very much, which was there, which was really helping them. They would have had to throw more, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence um, wasn't really able to connect with a lot of his receivers, so who knows what the yeah. score would have been? But um, I think I was. I think the spread, though, I think was uh, I was unfortunate there. I, I had the Chiefs minus eight and a half. This seemed like if like the way Mahomes was playing, this seemed like a big victory that the Chiefs were going to go on to. Um, double digits at least it seemed um and that didn't end up being the case though so uh they the, the um you know the chiefs were ahead by 10 in the closing minutes but uh the jaguars were going for a kind of one what would have been a miracle mm-hmm. comeback uh down 10 so they kicked the field goal first to make it down seven and then they missed the onside kick so they would have had to score a touchdown off that onside kick in like two in like 19 or 20 seconds or something like Less that. Less than 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah, and but you know, teams only recently started kicking the extra point. I mean, kicking the field goal first. They used to always go for the touchdown. Yeah. First, but it's like it is smarter to kick because you need two. You might as well. You want to save time, so. But, yeah, it just seems like that you're you're trying to get the easy one out of the way, and then it, then like praying harder for an even more difficult outcome uh, to get the touchdown after uh you know an onside kick which is seemingly odds are very low i still think the mentality should be to go for the touchdown first unless you're like it's so far you know it's a fourth and so long that you think you have no chance to get a first down but i still think i mean especially if it's the chiefs they would probably go for it even if it's like fourth and 30 i would think if i don't know the field goal range you'd almost think that the, if it's the chief scenario they might go for it and then see what happens, uh, you know, later. But uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it seems like the go-to right now is the strategy of kick the field goal first, and then, I mean, a prayer is a prayer, right? It doesn't matter which. Mm-hmm. How the Chargers big- against the Chiefs, the Chargers against the Chiefs earlier this year did not do that. I think we, we we talked about that how it was the wrong strategy. They went for the touchdown, which was riskier, but they actually got the touchdown. Yeah, and then that that also enabled them to cover the spread against me. So it it, it either way, it's uh, <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, I'm getting screwed on the uh, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah the, the kind of yeah. attempted miracle plays like where they need two possessions in less than a minute and mm-hmm. they're gonna yeah, it's whatever this it's not, it's like they they knew what my bet was and they just wanted to uh cover it, it's most likely a personal vendetta that teams have against <laughs> i i mean i assume i have no reason to think otherwise mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying <laughs> so uh any any other thoughts on the this this uh, Chiefs Jaguars game? Um, well, I guess so. From what we know now, um, Mahomes does have a a uh, high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, yeah. Um, but he's we don't know anything else yet. We're we're filming this on uh, Tuesday night. I think they should have some more update tomorrow from on Wednesday from from Andy Reid. Uh, but uh, we won't. We don't know anything now uh, anymore, at least anyway. We'll... From what I've heard and read, Mahomes has said like he feels better than he thought he would. And I actually saw a thing um, from Andy Reid or or somewhere that Mahomes had a similar injury against Jacksonville at the beginning of maybe the 2019 or 2020 season. I think that was the Super Bowl year, actually, the 2020 season mm-hmm. uh, when he was hurt. And they couldn't, um, uh, and and then then Mahomes got, hurt his knee during that year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Um, I think that season maybe was when he was uh, had that injury against Jacksonville, and he played the next few games, but he was kind of limited. Although the next game he played, he played against the Raiders, and he threw for four hundred something yards right. and four touchdowns in one quarter in that game. So who knows? Um, it seemed like he was more hobbled. Yeah, this time but it happened later in the game against the Jaguars. So mm. who knows? Um, he seemed to be getting around okay. It wasn't great, but yeah, early on when he tried to play, like right after the injury, uh, I think most of Kansas City and probably many other places were just like, just sit down, just take a seat, right? Like, don't get more hurt, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I was, I don't know, I was, yeah, I just, I was, I couldn't, I don't know, I was, I was uh, really excited how the game was starting, and then Jackson tied it, and then, and then Mahomes got hurt, so it was, it was, it was not a happy moment, that's for sure. It was um, looking like nightmare scenario initially. Yeah, yeah. At least it just turned out to be an ankle rather than a knee, and it seemed like once he got taped a little bit, he did a little bit better, but... Mm-hmm. After halftime, he was pretty much this. I don't know. He wasn't. He wasn't himself, but he was able yeah. to do at least in the, from his with his arm a lot of the things he could do before. Uh, the scrambling ability was not there, but um, he did scramble that one time. It didn't look like very that. good, but yeah. he did do it once. <laughs> the scrambling, yeah. The um the throw to the, yeah the throw to uh, MVS uh, in the end zone was really was really impressive. And apparently he was like down on the ground like everybody picked him up but they didn't they didn't really show that he was on the broadcast he was like he couldn't like he couldn't even land on his foot though so oh really yeah he was uh yeah he was down after that throw and like wasn't getting up very quickly oh wow but hopefully he recovers enough to uh, play well against. Cincinnati. Yeah. We'll talk about Cincinnati. Should we go right into that game? You want to do that game or do you want to go in order? Do you want to take the Giants Eagles game first? 
Um, well, I guess yeah. In the chronology, uh, Giants Eagles was next. So yeah, why don't we why don't we do that one? We talk about that one. Yet. Okay. Well, this uh, well, uh, well, okay. So this was another uh, game uh, where I lost and Andrew won his bet. Here we were diametrically opposed to one another. Uh, the Giants were seven and a half point underdogs. I took the Giants. Um, uh, Doctor Scaff took the Eagles, and smartly so, as it was a thirty-eight to seven route, uh, and it was twenty-eight nothing in the first half. And yeah, the route started early, and it didn't let up. <laughs> no. Uh, any takeaways from the from the Eagles win? I think I, I mean I I think that uh, Jalen Hurts' shoulder seems to be okay, although we don't really know if it was tested that much. Um, it seemed like the Eagles uh, were doing mostly you know running plays. Hurts only threw for 154 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. But that was more than enough uh, that you know needed to, to to get the win in that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know you. Um, yeah, you weren't a, a fan of uh, the Giants' strategy uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I was. I was really well. I was. I was wanting the Giants to make a game of it, not a just to make it more entertaining, and b to you know cover the spread. But they were down twenty-eight to seven, beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, they had a fourth and six from their own forty-two with about thirteen minutes left, and they decided to punt rather than go for it. And that was when I don't, I, there was no, there was really, unless you're just giving up completely, there's no reason to do that in a playoff game when you, when you're down three touchdowns, you only probably have two more chances to get the ball after this drive. Yeah. Uh, and it's a win or go home scenario. And, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? The Giants, are, I mean, the Eagles are going to score more quickly. Uh, from the 42 other than from their own 20 the defense hasn't stopped them yet it's not like the defense is making big plays and turning the you know getting turnovers or something like that it's it just seemed like they gave up and maybe like their whole game plan was bad uh I don't know this is I think the Giants really overachieved this year and I don't know I, I was disappointed with Brian Dable's performance as coach of this game um, I don't think the Giants are this bad, but um, he didn't. The, the team didn't seem ready to play. Yeah, not a good showing. I think the Eagles were were really um, kind of had chip on their shoulder, uh, but it shouldn't have been that lopsided. I don't think. Didn't think so. Didn't think that it should have been that. Yeah, that bad. Yeah, but um, that's how it turned out. I'm not. I um, I have a question uh, uh, for you. Uh, given these two losers uh, of the games, the Jaguars and the Giants, both of these teams overachieved from what we thought they would would. Um, maybe first, who, which coach, Doug Peterson or Brian Dable, did a better job this year? And then second, which which of these two teams will be better next year? Ooh, so. Well, I think, um, you know, Jacksonville making the playoffs was, I don't think, expected, especially having to win so many games at the end of the season uh, to get in. Uh, man, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're both pretty long shots, though, to to make it. Um, I don't know. It just seems like Jacksonville's always been such a mess that it's hard to 
vote against uh peterson then like actually getting 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 jacksonville into the playoffs but the but the but the, you know the same i could see be easy to pick the other side too because it's like basically the same scenario <laughs> uh with the giants having been a mess for quite a while now too uh but I, i'll take I'll, i would say i think i mean i think for the long-term prospects you still have to go with which team has the better quarterback as to what the expectation would be for for future seasons and it seems like trevor lawrence is a has to be considered like a, a you know the real deal at quarterback like he seems legit he's got the ability i don't know that um the giants really know that uh daniel jones is actually a guy they want to you know hang on to for a long term um is that how you see it or do you see it a different way i yeah i i see it well i think brian dable is probably gonna be coach of the year but I think that's because the narrative started early with Dable because the mm-hmm. uh, Giants started out strong and then they were able to kind of weather this storm in the middle and then come back. But they've only they finished nine, seven and one mm-hmm. compared to the Jaguars, nine and eight. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars were in a tougher conference, if not maybe maybe not a tougher division, but they were in a tougher conference than yeah. um, the Giants. I think also. The Jaguars were actually coming off back-to-back seasons where they had the number one overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. The Giants were just kind of conventionally bad. But I guess you could say, well, the, the Jaguars were able to get the top, top draft picks the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so they got, you know, Trevor Lawrence being one of them. Uh, Travis Etienne, the running back, uh, was gone all last year. He's back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the quarter, like you said, the quarterback situation is much better there. The running back situation is also much better there for next year too, because uh, Saquon was in his last uh, year of his contract, and so he's going to want to get paid more. Daniel Jones was in his, his last year of the contract, and did the Giants want to get set mid-level starter at best? I would guess at this point, you know, he is maybe a you'd say maybe a Josh Allen light type of player at his peak. Um, in Dable, you know, of course, had in in Buffalo, but yeah, I, I, I think Jacksonville looks much better. Partly, their division is a little softer than the uh, NFC East. Yeah, which the Giants ended up being the third team out of that division to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, Dallas and uh, the Eagles were both in there. So, and then Washington wasn't bad either. So, no, no. Washington doesn't have a quarterback, though. I think New York's problem is that they don't really have a good quarterback. They don't have any skill positions whatsoever. Uh, I think their best receivers, one of them went to the Chiefs for pen, for peanuts, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other one was Kenny Galladay, who sat on the bench most of the time. Uh, they couldn't, he didn't get along well in New York, and um, especially with the new manager. So I, I think it's, I think it was. I think it was a, supposed to be a rebuilding year, but it 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 turned out to be much much better than they had imagined. I would imagine the Giants are actually going to be worse next year than they are this year because I think, but I could see the Jaguars being better next year than they are this year. So um, that's one. That's another because I think the Jaguars are are young and uh, Calvin Ridley. He's been suspended. He's actually coming back as a receiver for them next year. Yeah. So like, they have a lot of, um, you know, Christian Kirk turned out to be a, actually we we. I think we all made fun of the Christian Kirk uh, contract, but he turned out to be a, a good player uh, for the Jaguars. Solid so, contributor, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think in Peterson, 
he did win a Super Bowl already. So maybe he is, I don't know, maybe a better coach than Dable. I don't know. Both both of them were on Andy Reid's staffs at one point. Yeah. Dable didn't quite fit in, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Peterson was a better fit uh, with Reid. Um, it's interesting, interesting dynamic there, I think. Um, but yeah, the Giants got blown out. Uh, Jaguars made it com- somewhat, somewhat competitive most of the game. Um, what about the Sunday games? Do we want to talk about those? Yeah, so in the early game, the betting luck uh, shifted back to your direction in the in the early game. Bengals Bills. It did. It did. Um, I, I had Cincinnati plus five. It actually got up to I think the plus six at one point. Uh, everybody, I guess, was going with the Bills uh, in that game because it was at home. I guess the weather. Um, one of the things, though, people think the snow makes it hard to pass and things like that. It doesn't really. It's, it's wind that makes it hard to pass. Sometimes rainy conditions if it's really wet. But this was kind of a dry, kind of mild snow. It wasn't like it was blizzard conditions or anything mm. like that. So I, I think... Um, it wasn't really, it wasn't like crazy yeah, actively snowing. I think it mostly had snowed earlier. It's yeah, you a, could see it on the field. The field, they, you know, they'd uh, mark the lines off and mm-hmm. it wasn't, they, they didn't have to like keep mark, like shoveling like constantly during the game, like you'd seen in some other. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was kind of a, a pretty snowfall, if anything. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, Cincinnati is from, is warmer weather than Buffalo, but. It snows in Cincinnati, so it's it's the difference between Miami and Buffalo. It's and I guess you could say Miami almost beat the Bills the the previous game with a third string quarterback and you know weather that was just as cold and so like maybe the maybe the Bengals win wasn't as shocking as it was made out to be. So I I thought yeah I thought the teams I didn't think it would be necessarily a win. I think I had actually said though, if one team blew the other team out, I thought I thought Cincinnati might might pull Buffalo out. I don't know if I said that on the air or not, but that was one of the things mm. that I had thought. But I thought it was going to be a close game, um, and it was a coin flip game. I think um, two or three, you know, at most, the Bills should have been favored by, and you know, I got five, yeah. so I, I took it. But yeah, I think uh, Cincinnati really thought that you know they'd been maligned by the the league and the situation uh around the previous game that you know maybe this game should have been played at a neutral site or or could have even been played in cincinnati had had uh you know that that uh previous game been finished so um they seem to really take it uh personally i think yeah they even took the idea that uh the game in atlanta was being uh you know the idea that the bills chiefs game was being sold but they were also selling tickets for a potential Bengals Jaguars home AFC championship game so it's just like I don't know if they if they really thought this was something the NFL was trying to do to screw them or yeah whether they just kind of used it as kind of pretend it seems to me like they genuinely believed it I don't know uh how bright they are uh on the Cincinnati team but they were able to take a misconception and really run with it run with it yeah yeah so yeah and and, um you had the over 
in that game. Yeah, the the low scoring uh, side from the Bills is really what surprised me. Is I thought I thought it would be a high scoring game that both teams would be, you know, putting decent numbers up. I thought maybe even the Bengals number would be a little higher than it was too. So yeah, the over under was forty eight. Final score twenty seven ten. So yeah, only only to thirty sevens. So I would have needed you know two touchdowns to to get up there. Yeah, like, like yeah, and this is one of those games where everybody, like, like you know, they say, you know, the the Bengals were really dominant and things like that. Offensively, it was they had a lot. They had a good uh, running day, which was a big reason why they won. Mm-hmm. But um, the score, it was you know, it was the same number of points the Chiefs scored when Mahomes was hobbling around. Right, and and you like, know, a backup played a, a section of that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I don't know. I'm I am I I am a little less impressed, partly because I thought the Bengals had a really good shot at winning, and um, I thought the Bills were trending downward. Other than the Hamlin injury, may, which may have been like an inspiration, but it was probably just one injury. You know, too many even added. You know, like it was just another one of the kind of snowballing injuries that the uh, Buffalo yeah. teams had to deal with. So, and Allen hasn't been the same this year maybe that's because dable's gone um he's reverted back to uh older or younger josh allen maybe previous a previous josh allen and allen may have been hurt as well because he hurt his elbow in that was it against minnesota well that was quite a while ago yeah but he may have had elbow issues the second half of the season which could explain some of Mm. of his issues um but yeah that was a a Bengals win, so the Bengals are going to play the Chiefs, not in at a neutral site, but in Kansas City um, for the AFC Championship. Um, do you want to talk about the game that will decide uh, who the Eagles' opponent in the NFC Championship? Absolutely. Another one where, that you got right and I got wrong. Probably the the ugliest of the games, so I would, I would guess. Because I would or not the ugliest. I'd say the ugliest on the part of both team like where both teams didn't play that well because I, yeah. I think you might say the ugliest would have been the eagles giants uh because the giants just got blown out yeah or maybe even maybe even the bengals bills because the Be- bills looked awful so like yeah uh, um i think neither of the I, I guess you might frame the cowboys niners game as a defensive struggle but it seemed just to be more ineptitude Especially on the part of Dallas, yeah, and uh, uh, then um, really great defensive work to me. I don't know. What did you think of that game? Yeah, there were a couple, especially late in the game, odd decisions that uh, that Dallas made, especially Dak Prescott made, uh, uh, like the the fourth down play, and then whatever that final attempt was. <laughs> I don't know what that was either. Was Zeke Elliott as the uh, center? I don't even. I don't even know what they were. What they were trying to do, or who was eligible, or what. You know, I had no. I just had no idea what they were even trying. I don't see how that's supposed to be successful because I think they just thought, well, if we have every, like instead of having linemen, we'll make everybody who's on the line and not on the line be a a like a a person a, a person who can carry the ball and lateral the ball. So, yeah. like, they made the first pass, and they thought, okay, he can lateral. Even though Zeke isn't the eligible receiver, 
you can lateral back to him maybe yeah. on that first play. But of course, <laughs> Elliot was was pushed over in truck, yeah, unceremonious fashion, and 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 the guy was in CD Lamb, whoever with the caught the ball or almost caught. Did he even catch the ball? I don't. I think he caught it. Yeah, he he caught it, but he was immediately met by you know one defensive player. There were two more that were nearby that could have also delivered a hit i think but it was it was just so fast that uh well i mean yeah because because uh, prescott had to get rid of the ball quickly because mm-hmm. because um zeke was um you know overrun so fast uh yeah it was just an ugly play all around you could blame maybe i think blame dalton schultz on the previous play because he had an easy catch that would have gotten like them 20 yards closer so they could have just thrown a conventional hey Mar- hail mary probably from the 40 you know make a 60 yard throw but yeah. they said they're like back at the 20 almost so they would have to get 80 yards like did you, did you see that catch that schultz didn't make like it was on the sideline but he only had one foot in bounds for some reason he didn't he didn't drag his second foot yeah or, or step down for second foot he just lifted it up it, it just seemed i thought I mean, maybe he thought the foot was was already was the back foot was down before he you know lifted it to make the finish the catch maybe i don't know know, but it seems like that's something you really want to make sure of you want to yeah get those feet down chop them or whatever drag yeah that was a i don't it was a bad play but um, yeah yeah. do you think here one so uh, i think we saw prescott kind of turn back like Prescott is either really, really good or really bad. And this is one of his really bad games. He's very yeah. good. Um, so, like, you know, but Dallas is kind of saddled, saddled with him for the next who knows how many years. Right. Um, do you think, but, but uh, Brock Purdy wasn't terribly impressive this game either for, this is probably his worst game as a starter. Yeah. What did you think of, uh, what do you think of Purdy here? He didn't do terribly, but, um, the offense wasn't what it had once been. Yeah. Well, he was at least competent anyway. Um, he still threw for over 200 yards uh, and didn't wasn't responsible for any turnovers again, which is really, yeah. I think, all you can, you know, really expect from I mean, not really expect, but really ask of him to do. And, you know, he's now 7-0 as a starter. Uh, when you'd expect him to have uh, probably not even made a passing attempt in the season as a as a third string quarterback to begin the season, uh, so I mean everything's really just bonus. Whatever, however far he takes them is a you know a huge bonus for for him and for mm-hmm. San Francisco. Um, I, I mean I think he was fine. Uh, Nineteen twenty nine for two hundred fourteen yards, QBR of fifty three point one, which was actually higher than Dak Prescott's. QBR for the game of 51.5. Yeah, but Prescott had two picks. Yeah. <laughs> he threw a touchback rating. It was his, his, his uh, passer rating was 87.4. So not terrible, but like, yeah. I guess he didn't have much help on the running game. Uh, the, yeah. the t- as a team, they only averaged three and a half yards carry. Yeah. Caffrey was at 3.5. Samuel didn't really have much going on the ground either. Uh, even in the air, McCaffrey only averaged 3.7 yards of receptions. Like, this is probably McCaffrey's worst game. Um, at least you could say his worst game since his debut. But I think in his debut, he actually did better than because uh, he was he was rattling off some big yardage against the Chiefs yeah. a couple of times. 
in in this game, his long long carry was eight yards. His long reception was eight yards. So he was not uh, the McCaffrey of no. uh, that we've become accustomed to uh, on the 49ers. So. Yeah, but you know, until uh, that one, the touchdown drive, uh, that was a little past the, well, that was nearly the end of the third quarter. You know, it was a nine to nine game for, uh, you know, the. Well, let's see, what was that? The score actually was after the end of the third quarter. So, you know, it was nine nine at the end of the third. Is that is that an impressive score? <laughs> no, it is not. Um... Well, I guess we we had part of it was um, it would have been ten to nine uh, Dallas uh, if not for some you know continued adventures in in place kicking from uh, Brett uh, Maher. He didn't miss it uh, outright this time. He was his uh, extra point attempt was blocked, but yeah. he was still. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, do you think he? Do you think he has a job with the Cowboys next year? Uh, it's going to be tough to say that he will. That he does have it locked down by any means. Um, that's just too many misses. I'm sure his yeah his confidence has to be pretty shaken. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be on the roster next year. What What do you think? I don't know. I probably not. Um, I think that I think. This seems to be one of those things where I think McCarthy's probably going to keep his job. Yeah. And Dak has to be there. Uh, Tony Pollard's a free agent, but he broke his ankle, I think, in that game. Um, it's hard to say what the Cowboys can do to get better mm-hmm. next year, short of kind of trading Prescott or like you know like rebuilding and trying to like radically get better over the next three or four years um so like I think maybe all they can do is say oh we'll get rid of Mar. <laughs> that'll make some people happy um it's uh, I think they're um it's an un- this was this was Dallas's best chance I think for a while to kind of get back to the Super Bowl and I don't know if they have a I don't know if they have another run in them the next year or two. Yeah. It's always been entertaining to watch them not succeed. Don't you, don't yeah. You? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always fun to root against. Um, <laughs> partly it's Jerry Jones's ego and just the idea that they're so popular for some reason. They haven't been good really for 30 years actually or do they just say they are is it one of those like bluster things that it's uh, a little like the raiders somehow are very very popular i think the raiders have more of an identity than i don't know maybe the cowboys have this kind of swagger about them. the raiders have that kind of cheating and bad boy effect right but like i think there are of the teams i think there are four teams in the nfl really that are national brands for some reason um I think maybe the Patriots have become that way when Brady was there, but I think since Brady left, they aren't. Um, I think it's the Packers, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. And none of those teams have won a championship in the last 10 years. Maybe you could say, I think Green Bay and um, 
uh, Pittsburgh in the last 15 years, each won a Super Bowl, but it's been a while. But I think, are, would you would you say those are the nationally the four, the four most popular teams? That kind of regardless who plays for them, they're the they're they're big. Yeah, yeah. It's always like the like the international, at least the national to international sort of like big you know biggest cities. But yeah, and yeah, except L.A. I guess right? Not not L.A. Like you won't see like you, you don't see like I th- I'd be more surprised if I saw a New York Giants jersey in Kansas City than I would be at. Packers jersey or a Steelers jersey. Yeah. 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 And Cowboys and Raiders, I don't I wouldn't be that wouldn't be out of you know, I don't know. It wouldn't be crazy at all to see that. Yeah. And I think even up here in Pennsylvania, like it's gonna it's mostly Steelers and Eagles, a little bit of Bills up north and some Ravens. Um, but you'll see Cowboys stuff, you'll see um hackers stuff sometimes see much washington stuff a little bit that's more down in maryland maybe yeah, yeah. but washington hasn't been very good lately right uh, for, so the ravens have kind of supplanted them and the steelers have been not great but consistently pretty good so yeah um, yeah i don't know so uh yeah i don't know but those uh, yeah it's i don't think um yeah, so the Cowboys losing, it doesn't seem to affect them that much. They're still very popular. Yeah. And uh, Mar is um, in the final year of his contract. It was just a one-year deal. Yeah. So he's an unrestricted free agent next year. I think the Cowboys are also very popular to hate, but also part yeah. of it is because their big rivals are on the East Coast, too. So maybe mm. that's part of it. It's New York and Philadelphia and Washington that are their biggest rivals. So that's those true. are big cities in the East. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, in the Casey area, it's a lot, of, there are a lot of, like, displaced people from, like, Minnesota and, and uh, Wisconsin, so there are a lot of Packers fans in KC. Seems that way, anyway. St. Louis. It's it's a little bit like in Kansas City, like, for some reason, like, you went to, if you go to the Royals games, like, there's these random people that are Yankees fans from, like, random, you know, Kansas town or something like that, where you yeah. just want to say, like, you must be the worst people because you just latch on to whatever national team is the most popular it even though there's to... a local team that is nearby that yeah i don't yeah the national no. that's what that's what i find that yeah. weird yeah i don't yeah I, I don't begrudge anybody who's the fan of their local team but i think if they pick i i don't care for the bandwagon uh fans of of rando teams that when there is one when, there, when there's a major team in the, in the in the region so it doesn't do you think it's like an just an, a general like anti-local thing where it's like they if they traveled somewhere they would still go to just the chain restaurants that are <laughs> in the same area or... <laughs> i think it's the people who think that they're better than their local counterparts yeah it's like the I don't it, it, it there's a strange smugness I think about a like rural Kansas Yankees fan that has no connection to New York. Yeah, it's not like their dad came from New York City and settled there. Or but, something. May, but maybe they're from Manhattan. 
Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, a little, a little apple. That would make sense. <laughs> like you could say, well, like you know, you're in Kansas. We'll pick the Royals, even the Cardinals, because that has a historic kind of tie to the area mm-hmm. with the Rockies or whatever. There's, you know, there's, there's some like, you know, I don't like Cardinals fans in particular, but I, uh, I think, I think they're also kind of have a smugness about them, but. Their objections are terrible, Mike. I don't think you, you don't need to address But it, at least it makes sense why you might be a Cardinals fan. You can watch their games on TV. They're, you know, a pretty good team usually, and they're at least somewhat local. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, yeah, I don't understand. Like, even around like here, you'll see like houses that are like diehard cowboys. How, like, what, like, where do they, yeah, it doesn't make, you know, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And especially, like, you could say, well, I like, you know, like, the Cowboys, yeah, it's been 30 years since they've had anybody that's, like, Troy Aikman retired, you know, who knows when, but, like, like 1999, probably. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just strange. I don't understand it. Um, it's a little, maybe it's a little, like, uh, you, you, like, people who pick college uh basketball teams or things like that um didn't go to they the school well they, they don't go to school or like they don't have a geographical connection like you know they're big duke basketball fans or something which is yeah there's no i don't think there's an I, I, it, there's no reason that anyone should like duke who didn't go to duke or yeah is from north carolina i don't think but <laughs> yeah that's fair I know, yeah, here in KC, there are an, an enormous number of KU fans that didn't go to KU. <laughs> but at least they're in Kansas or near, yeah. you know, like. And there's no and there's no pro team. So, like, I, I sort of get it, but it's it seems weird to be that diehard of a fan to a school that you actually had, you didn't pay any money to. Like, that's part of, like, what I always thought was, like, the biggest part of it is, like, you, you're, tie, you're physically tied to it in some way because of, like, how much money it costs you to go there, right? I guess your tax dollars in the state of Kansas went yeah. to the university. Some of, like, fewer and fewer each year uh, because of the uh, conservative legislature. But, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, speaking of Cardinals fans, do we want to, we want to, do we want to take a small break and talk about um, um we're gonna uh, finish the bets on the last game we'll finish the bets on the last game okay go through it i guess anyway uh yeah so um i had i had san francisco minus four uh that worked out for me san francisco won by a touchdown it went 19 to 12 it was only a total of 31 i had them going over 46 and a half because i thought both teams had pretty good offenses and i thought they had like i thought the Niners had a good defense, but one that was maybe a little bit overhyped. They could give up a lot of points to teams that had good offenses. They gave up a lot of points to the Chiefs. They gave a lot of points to the Raiders. Um, and Dallas has a pretty good offense, but um, I don't know. Dallas played poorly. Maybe San Francisco would have would have tried to score more had Dallas been a little more um, threatening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they might have picked up the pace, but it was it was an easy under. Yeah, um, I went away. I usually pick unders. That's my. Uh, I tend to pick. I like to pick more unders than overs. But yeah, I was pretty I surprised. Actually, I don't know if that actually happened this year because I think a lot of the games went under early, and so mm-hmm. I think they made this artificially kind of lowered uh, the number. Um, 
And well, in in the wild card round, most of the games hit the over. Yeah. So I think maybe maybe you were thinking of the recency bias of the of the wild card round and went for the over there. Could be also. Did, did any of the games of the Giants? Uh, they all hit under, I think, because I think thirty eight to seven was forty five. So that's un- I think they were all under. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were all under. Yeah. So yeah, like so last week we both went two and two. Uh, this week you were one and three, and I was three and one. So, uh, right now for our phase two betting, now you're at uh, three and five minus two hundred, five and three plus two hundred. So together we're again even. Yeah. You've taken a commanding lead so far. I need to, I need to try yeah. to catch up this week. This is the largest lead I've had uh, in the total of us uh, doing this competition <laughs> at any point. You well over 500. <laughs> yes. Um, should do do we want do we want to take a, a brief break from football and talk about now, baseball? Now let's talk about baseball for a little bit. Yes. Do we want do we want to get the Royals information out of the way before we talk about sure the Hall of Fame? So sure. the Royals have been busy uh, uh, on the trading block and they've signed a uh, well maybe if if this were 2016 they signed what would be a really promising free agent, but it's 2023. So it's probably somebody whose best years are behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just run through them quickly. So we signed Aroldis Chapman, uh, the Cuban flamethrower, who I think has the record fastest pitch of all time, 105 point something miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, and that was about 10 years ago, at least though. Um, yeah. And I think he is 35 or something like that now. And then they also traded... Uh, two of their, uh, I guess, top defensive players, we might say, at least when they're healthy, uh, Michael Michael Taylor, Michael A. Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as he goes by, uh, yeah. right? Does he go by Michael A.? Michael A. Taylor, yeah. Taylor, as opposed, you know, I don't, it's, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Vivica A. Fox, I don't know why. Uh, Michael J. Fox, you know, I guess, I guess there are many other Michael Taylors out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was traded, I believe, to the Blue Jays. And we got a couple of relievers back for him. And then we also traded uh, Raul Adalberto Mondesi, the once heralded prospect who actually made an appearance in the 2015 World Series against, made, um, an appearance in the 2015 World Series against uh, the Blue Jays. I mean, against uh, the Mets. Also played against the Blue Jays in the ALCS that year, I think. Yeah. And he was traded to the Red Sox for another reliever. So Michael um, went, to the, went to the Twins. But, yeah. Who was it? Michael Taylor went to the Twins. I knew he went up north. I forgot he went. He went up north, but he. Uh, I think Minneapolis is farther north, maybe than Toronto is, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, he's, but, yeah, but a divisional uh, trade, which doesn't always happen that often, at least anyway. Uh, yeah. So the yeah the um, yeah Mond- Mondesi made his uh, debut right in the World Series, wasn't he? Like the first player to be have his first at bat in a World Series game, wasn't that the? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he was the first player. Yeah, 
make his debut in the World Series. I think maybe yeah. might have been a pinch runner. Was he a, a pinch runner? He had an at bat before he had any at bats in the regular season. Yeah, he might have been a pinch runner before he had an at bat. Maybe. But, um, but to make it that day- was when the Royals were extra speedy and they <laughs> had Terrence Gore and um, also. Uh, well, and that, that was Ma- the World Series. That was the the series where they were worried that um, Ben Zobris' uh, wife was going to go into labor, and so they had to keep an extra position player on the roster because if yeah Zobris' wife went into labor, then uh, he was going to you know maybe miss a game even, and so they had to have they wanted to have somebody else that could play defensively in in yeah. all of the places that Zobris can play, which was everything. So. Uh, led to that debut anyway that was that was, a, that was an interesting strategy from the royals at that time uh but yeah many 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 injuries yeah he could never stay healthy it seemed like they they've um you know tried to get away from hoping that he that he's going to be healthy enough to play a whole season uh now we don't have to worry about that anymore uh he's no longer on the team but they traded him for i believe an injured player <laughs> missed all of last season with back injuries so <laughs> I think the uh, Red Sox also but no, but have there's no expectation for for the new player, right? But if he's healthy, great. If he's not, who is he? I don't remember. His, I don't even remember his name. No, wait. Um, it was also Taylor, right? Taylor. It's only Taylor. Really Taylor, and then they immediately got another guy back named Taylor. Yeah, I think the Red Sox had an injury at shortstop this year, so they wanted somebody who could maybe fill in. Uh, but <laughs> maybe for 50 games. I'm not sure how many. Oh, but maybe uh, the injury bug will stop uh, biting Montessi in Boston, and maybe he'll maybe he'll make a, a good um, career turnaround. And I, I wish the best for him, but uh, it's hard to. I guess it's good that the Royals got at least something for I think Taylor and Montessi. They didn't really figure into the uh, future plans. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, the future plans might be a little different from their previous uh, philosophy in that they picked up um, a Rodolfo Chapman who's had a bit of a checkered uh past both on uh, on off the field at least um and maybe even a bit on the field i think he nearly started a brawl yeah the last season with a high some high heat with the rain yeah, and he didn't i guess he was kept off the yankees postseason roster because he skipped a workout or something mm-hmm. yeah then he also had like a domestic issue or something in my, or my or my uh yeah that was that was back um when he was with the Cubs, I think, in the in in the Chicago area. Yes, he did. Um, but yeah, that's always been. I think this was this was the big departure from the old uh, uh, Dayton Moore era in Kansas City. Was that they would only uh, pursue players that have right high character, and and uh, Aroldis Chapman doesn't really fit into that. You know, whatever shiny box that they think it is. Uh, or the Dayton Moore thought it was that was a necessity to 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 be part of the roster. Uh, it seems like now, like maybe they're they're willing to take a chance on somebody that they're not have to risk a whole lot of money on. Uh, if he if he pans out, that's great. If he doesn't, it's not that big of a deal to pay a relief pitcher, uh, you know, three and a half million dollars for a season. No, um, well, he was making sixteen million, eighteen million last year, so it's um, yeah, you know, salaries are you know much you know out of control you might say in, in to a regular person but like that's the you know for a going rate of a potential lockdown reliever uh yeah. that's very very cheap so potentially if he can regain his form we don't know what their plans are or how he's going to play in spring training 
he could end up being the closer on the team, and, mm-hmm. and that would be a re- reasonable price for for a closer. Should he be able to get to that level? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Chapman as a closer, uh, Chapman uh, has, I believe, three hundred and sixteen. 315, excuse me, career saves. Uh, uh, he ranks, uh, I think, in the top 25 all time. Not bad. Uh, no, not bad. Um, so he has 315. Uh, if he get, if he maybe becomes the closer, you could say that he gets about 30 saves this year. If he got 30 saves, uh, so... At, at 300, okay, I'll say this, at 315 saves, Chapman has more saves in his career than which two Hall of Fame closers? Ooh. Ooh. Is that, yeah, it's like, is Smoltz on there then? Because he was, he spent half his career as a starter. Would he be? Um, he, I don't, he, he Smoltz doesn't have it. Smoltz doesn't have as many. Uh, but I'd say he, he was probably equal starting relieving, uh, yeah, kind of like Eckersley. Well, you you wouldn't you didn't count him in this. I didn't count Smoltz. No, yeah. I actually didn't count Hoyt Wilhelm either. Uh, he was he for was. a long time the only reliever, right? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Hall of Fame. So I would assume Miriano has quite a few more. Yeah. Wilhelm has two hundred twenty-eight saves. Yeah. Um. Mariano Rivera is the league is the career leader. He has six fifty two. Yeah. There are uh, of the three hundred save club three hundred save club. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven current Hall of Famers. Wow. Okay. One is Rivera, and one is Dennis Eckersley, who I mentioned. Yeah. Eckersley is three ninety. Yeah, I assume Lee Smith, I think, is up there. Lee Smith is uh four seventy-eight. Yeah. Cause he was the he was the record holder. Mm-hmm. Was uh man, I don't man, yeah, those are I'll give you a hint. Um let's see. Uh one of them is most famous probably for his work with the Cardinals. And one is most famous for his work with the Yankees. Hmm. Man, I'm like just drawing blanks on these guys. Okay. Both of them. Both of them uh, uh, got their uh, last save uh, in the '80s, 1988. It looks like. Yeah. Oh, I'm then I'm I'm even off from that. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not gonna come up with it. Okay, uh, Bruce Suter. Uh, for, uh, he has three hundred saves exactly, and okay. then Goose Goss- Goose Gossage. Okay, that makes sense. famous famous for his duels with uh, George Brett, especially. Yeah, in the playoffs, usually we're in in the pi- famous pine tar incident. Right, off Goose right. Gossage. So yeah, Chapman is the only active. No wait, he's the he's third among active saves players uh craig kimbrell and kenley jansen have more well i don't know i didn't know kenley jansen was that high that's a jansen is 391 wow uh, craig kimbrell is 394 yeah 
I guess it pays to, you know, be a closer for the a team that's winning like a hundred plus games every year with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt. It's interesting. I think it's interesting the players that are on, like the Hall of Fame players that are on the list versus ones that aren't. I think for the relief pitchers, it's strange because number of saves isn't that important. But I, I think you know, Bruce Suter was on there, but I think Dan Quisen. Um, Quisenberry didn't have a, uh, a, a a Cy Young award, but yeah, um, but he was he finished like top five in the Cy Young like four times, and yeah, at, at his peak he was really high. But like uh, Suter's on there, but like Jeff Reardon, who played basically the same time as Suter. Has 367 saves for the Expos, but he's not on the list. Um, his ERA is 3.16. Suiters is career ERA is 2.83. But like, it's not. You know, I don't think that's a big difference. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems strange. Why Suiter is a strange one to me. Yeah, Gossage, I think at least played for the Yankees and some of the big teams. But that would have been before they were. That was in that era where they weren't that great, though, right? He pitched in the. He played for them in the seventies. Okay. So when they went to the World Series a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. So did either of them win a title? Uh. Yes. Uh, Gossage won in seventy-eight. Um, Gossage won in seventy-eight, and. Because that, that used to always be like one of the big deals that seemingly some of the Hall of Fame voters made it made into a big deal. Is that Cooter won in '82 with okay. the Cardinals, so they did both get title. He won a Cy Young Award in '79, four times Relief Man of the Year. Um, Gossage was Relief Man of the Year three times, uh, just one year, one Relief Man of the Year, but three times Save Leader. Uh, Champion played for the Yankees, so that's a big deal. Yeah, um, but if you compare that to Quis- Quisenberry, um, Quisenberry won the World Series with the Royals '85, five times uh, Rollades Relief Man of the Year, five times Save Leader. You know, it's you know I don't yeah. think there's a big difference. Lower ERA, fewer saves, but a better win loss record. Um, I think he also has the record for most two. And three inning saves. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's. I was reading. There was an article in World Rose Review about uh, Quisenberry, um, but he also died uh, fairly young, so he can't advocate. For himself. Yeah, that does make it tougher. Um. Anyway, I think I think closers are a little bit like kickers in football. They're specialists, but I don't think they're not. It's like you know they aren't closers because they're the best pitchers on the team <laughs> you know and, and now it's um more of like uh you know aging starters have a new life to their career if they move to the bullpen so that's uh it's not, it's not like you you start out as a relief pitcher that's like a where you are relegated once you're no longer able to be a starter anymore it seems to be the path yeah it seems like the rivera one is maybe an outlier because he was so good for so long yeah um they tr- kind of tried to make him a starter at one point, but um, 
his stats are just off the charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically only throwing like one pitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that's what's even more impressive about Rivera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he but he only he only led the league in saves three times. Yeah, but he had so many good years. Part of part of that was because some of those Yankees teams were winning by so many runs that a closer wasn't really necessary. <laughs> yeah, they were such a good team. They won, you know, seventy five percent of their games sometimes. So it was yeah. Um, and he's also, I guess, remembered for like failing to like like in a couple of the World Series, he lost uh, like um, against the, Mar- the Marlins, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, he he blew a save at the end and stuff. So like, but he was in a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. World Series MVP, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, five time world champion. Yeah. But since we were talking about Hall of Fame, the announcement today came that uh, Scott Rowland is joining the uh, the Hall of Fame. Yes. And I believe he was the only member elected and some other players uh, similar to him uh, just barely missed the cut, like Todd Helton. I thought was kind of interesting anyway. Because they weren't all that different of a player. Uh, but one got in and the other one didn't. Uh, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought that was strange. Um, Helton, I guess, has a reputation. And the stats seem to, the advanced stats seem to indicate that that he was a great defensive player. Mm. Um, offensively, I don't think he was that um, spectacular. He was around for a long time. But yeah, Roland just barely made it. He had 76.3% of the vote. You need, you need 75% of the vote by the mm. baseball writers. Um, they needed 292 votes to be elected. He got 297. Todd Helton um, got 281. Um, and so he was like 72 point something percent. I guess Helton is hurt largely because he played in Colorado and nobody knows what uh, he would have been outside of Colorado. I guess he only played for Colorado. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the other players, I guess, did Dante Bichette make the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Or um, Larry Larry Walker did, right? I think he he did make it, yeah. But he he didn't play entirely in... He was good in other places besides Colorado too, because he played for um, the X- Montreal earlier. Yeah, yeah, and I think but he may he have played really, for he, somewhere after that too. He played in St. Louis for a very brief period. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I he, guess made, that's he why. won a championship with St. Louis later. Um, he was he 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 lost in 04, I think. Hill five. I don't think I think they. Uh, I don't think he won. Okay. Maybe that's I don't think. Uh, they lost, so he lost in the playoffs twice with St. Louis. Okay, the Red Sox in the World Series, and uh, in the NLCS one time the next year. So he never won a World Championship, but um, he did have he did have an MVP. Uh, one year, mm-hmm. um, ninety seven. Uh, so I guess that's what maybe tipped it, and also that he did play elsewhere. Helton was a very strong player, but um, 
Yeah, he only played in Colorado, I guess. Yeah, so all of his numbers may have been inflated a bit from having gotten to play in in Colorado. At least the counting stats. They do have the the yeah. war and like advanced stats are park specific, but I think still it's hard to measure Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess he had 10 fewer war than Roland had. He had 61.8. I think Roland had 71. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know it was that different. Yeah, I thought they would be closer. Roland um, has uh, 22 of his uh, war were defensive. Uh, Wow. So he was a great uh, defensive shortstop, according to the advanced stats. And I guess he won a lot of gold gloves, too, the eye test. But I never thought of him as a – I thought he was a very good player, but I never thought of him as a great player, even on those um, Cardinals teams. But, you know, he's overshadowed by holes and people like that usually. Yeah, because wasn't he – didn't he start with Philly? He started with Philly. He played for the Phillies for – like six or seven years he's rookie of the year so that probably gave him some yeah that's what uh, i always think of him as that i don't even remember him playing for st louis <laughs> the highest uh he got fourth place in the mvp voting one year that's the only time he was in the top 10 in the mvp voting so he was never considered to be one of the great players of his own era i don't think so i that's I, I, I yeah. think he he won for a consistency and long, longevity and um, wasn't a former Royal uh, Carlos Beltran uh, on the list this year? Yeah, Beltran was on the list. Um, he finished with 46.5% of the vote, 181. He okay. was one, two, three, sixth on the list. So it was Roland who made it. Helton at 72%. Billy Wagner, the closer, we didn't mention him. He was decent, but like, you know, he was a good player. But again, he's a closer for the Astros. Um, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield were in the 50s. Uh, then Beltron was 46 and a half, tied with Jeff Kent, who was in his final year on the ballot. Was Kent um, supposedly a, a steroid guy, or was he just a guy that everybody hated? Because he was supposed to be a big jerk. Yeah, I, mean, I think he wasn't he the wasn't he the player that um, was injured one time um, when he like fell like while washing his truck or something like that. Or was it the story, but he actually like, fell off a motorcycle and that was what he was like, trying to yeah. uh, trying to cover up the fact that he had uh, fallen off his motorcycle even because his contract actually like forbade him from ha- from riding a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, that's the story it. was that he'd um yeah, was was uh washing his truck and fell. Which is maybe mm-hmm. um not quite as funny as the uh oh, was the, there was a Colorado shortstop. That had a, like a really good start to his career, and then he like had an injury, like he fell down the stairs or something. And I don't remember. And the story was that was he just said that he fell down the stairs, but but it was like they he'd come back from like a hunting trip with Todd Helton actually, I think, and and like <laughs> fell on the stairs while carrying all of the like the meat from the from the trip or something was like what they like made the rookie like carry in all of the the meat apparently and that was what led to the uh to the hmm. injury from the hunting trip yeah i think people just didn't like jeff kent 
his, his yeah. stats aren't as good either but um i from what i saw he he i don't see uh maybe maybe he was involved he was on the very bonds team at the same time so maybe he was just guilty by association could be um but um i knew that he was not a popular uh player among his peers maybe among the writers either a little bit like bonds but um yeah so he's in his last 10th year so he alex rodriguez had 35.7 Manny Ramirez, 33.2, Omar Vizquel, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Burley, K-Rod, Tori Hunter uh, rounded off the other people that didn't drop off the ballot. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I would have voted for any of these players Yeah, for the Hall of Fame. Maybe Beltran? Yeah. Or I would say, well, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez deserves to be, even though he's a jerk and he was a steroid user, but everybody was. I think Manny Ramirez too, for the same reason. He was he was a a colorful and dynamic player when he played. So uh, Gary Sheffield maybe as well. Yeah. But um, Andrew Jones even I don't know. I I would have had them up with Helton, but I mean up with um, Helton and Roland, but but still below the threshold. You're saying? I think so. Yeah. So Roland stats. At all. What would you say? You'd have had nobody in this year. I don't think so. Roland's, well, I, I also Rodriguez, I would have voted for before. So yeah. I would have voted for him. Um, and maybe Manny, but um, Sheffield might be my third, and then maybe Roland, somewhere on there. But I, Roland's stats surprised me that they were as good as they were. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of quietly accumulating stats all those years, right? Yeah, he. Uh, if you look at the third baseman stats for Roland, like he's like top ten among third baseman in history. So is that right? Wow, I didn't wouldn't realize it was that high. Yeah, and most of the other people are already on the Hall of Fame around him, so it makes yeah. sense if I looked at it that way. So maybe I would have if I had been a voter. But he, yeah, he was one of those guys that didn't ever jump out at you. But you would have done the research ahead of time instead of just hearing the result and going like, really? Yeah. <laughs> if I were a member of the Baseball Writers Association, I would have taken my job a little bit more seriously. Yeah. I would yeah. have at least cursed, given a cursory glance at baseball reference. Before at least. <laughs> Minimally. So should we, um, on that note, take a cursory glance at the uh, NFL championship round games and make some bets? Sure, sure. We have the AFC championship, the NFC championship, both on Sunday. It's a reverse order of the Saturday-Sunday contest last week was the AFC first uh, as the appetizer, followed by the main course of um, NFC games. Now we have it reversed. It's the NFC that uh, is the appetizer and the AFC as the main course. Do you think that's appropriate? Do you think what, of, the, of the matchups, do you think the AFC matchup is heartier, more filling uh, in the star of the two uh, games? I think I think so. I think this is this is the uh, rematch from last year's AFC Championship game. So I think yeah, people are familiar with it. I think everybody's uh, well aware of Mahomes and Burrow, and probably less aware of Jalen Hurts and and uh, Brock Purdy, especially since he's brand new. Uh, so yeah, I think that seems like that's the right way to do it. Prime time. Uh, is the game yeah. is the game that everyone probably knows the most about, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think I think it should be a more um, competitive game too. I I think I think both games will be competitive or yeah. could have a very good chance of being competitive. Um, 
yeah, I think that, I think they should be good games. I think these are the best four teams um, left. Like I, I mean, they're all the best four teams left, but I think they were the best four teams in, during the season as well. Um, yeah, I think the Bills were up there at some point, but they're over the last several weeks. I think they proved that. Yeah, I think the you know uh, Bills and Bengals. You might have you know made an argument to switch one of those two, but I think from the NFC, I think we pretty much called this um, result pretty early on as soon as san francisco started playing well like we pretty much yeah. expected them to be the second best team in the nfc and maybe even the best team uh in the nfc but i that the game last week for the eagles kind of put me i was i was feeling a little shaky on the eagles but this is it made it a little more solid and i actually ended up being a little more shaky on the 49ers because of the way they played against uh it turned out to be a not great Dallas team. Yeah, um, yeah, but Dallas's defense is good, though. It's not a, it's not a um, you know weak defense. Team. No, it's a very flashy big play defense. I think. Yeah, uh, Michael Parsons gets a lot of sacks. He's like you know he's like Lawrence Taylor or Derek Thomas type of player. Um, or at least they but, talk about him that way anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they do. Yes. You know how many sacks Micah Parsons? Nope, no, had this year? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, do you think it's more or fewer than Chris Jones? The way the way that the announcer should be talking about it is probably like it must be like it must be way more than Chris Jones. Uh, it's uh, so Parsons has thirteen and a half sacks this year. Jones had fifteen and a half sacks this year. Largely from playing a kind of hybrid defensive tackle, defensive end, whereas Mark, uh, um, I think Parsons has been, you know, an, an edge player the whole yeah. uh, time. So, yeah, I the I think Chris Jones, you know, Joey Bosa led the league in sacks, or Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa led the league in sacks this year. Um, One of those Bosa's, yeah, they're hard to keep track of sometimes, but he was. Um, Still an all pro. Um, yeah, but anyway, he's he's a he's a great player. But I think Nick Bosa is probably better than Michael Parsons, and he's probably Nick Bosa is probably going to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Maybe I'd, I'd say Chris Jones and Parsons might be top three. Maybe there's somebody else that I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so but, but uh, the Cowboys are not playing. We have the uh, 49ers and the Eagles. Do we want to uh, talk about that game? What we think will happen, and and our and our bets. We were doing something a little bit different this week than we had last week, even mm-hmm. right. Uh, just like last week, we had four bets over the four games. We're also going to make four bets on the game themselves. We're but we're going to each pick. Um, a point spread that we like mm-hmm. and the over under which side we like on each of the games. So that's four, but we're also going to have a prop bet uh, as well, where we will wager an additional $100 per um, player, individual player uh, props. At least that's how they turned out individual player props this time. So we'll each make, yeah, $600 in bets this week. Yes. Um, with a higher ceiling for potential wins because of the prop. Uh, but we're also not restricting bets uh, across um, each other's bets. So we can make the same bet this week. Or last week, we actually said 
you had to pick the other one or mm-hmm. the uh, the different type of bet anyway so right so uh yeah we'll have to see how this this one goes between the two of us here for the competition it's gonna be interesting i'm sure and I'll, and exciting so what do we like um uh, so the Eagles are favored by two and a half mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. It starts at 3 p.m. on Fox in Lincoln Financial Field. The weather is supposed to be about 37 degrees, I see, on the ESPN site. Mm-hmm. The over-under is 46 in that game. So what do you like? Um, so I, I think this game is going to be more of a defensive struggle, um, more similar to the Dallas-San Francisco game. Like both both teams have pretty solid defenses, and their offenses seem to like do well against – teams that don't have very good defenses so uh but both of these teams do have good defenses so i think it's going to be a little lower scoring uh i think um that i don't want to bet against brock purdy so uh i am going to take san francisco plus two and a half i think they'll win the game but i don't know for sure that's my but i think they can cover the spread that's my i'll go with that so San Francisco plus two and a half uh, and the under 46. I like the under two in this game, uh, 46. Both of the teams last week would have gotten the under, um, under 46. Even the Giants would have got, Giants-Eagles would have been 45. Um, and uh, of course the Cowboys-Niners was was way low, 31. So I, I, I like the under here as well. I'm I if you had asked me last week, maybe this is uh not a wise strategy, but if you had asked me last week and if the if the Eagles have been favored by two and a half, I would I would have gone 49ers definitely. But yeah, I've talked myself into the Eagles, partly because I thought you'd be picking the 49ers, because I didn't want to be the same as you. Uh on both on both picks. On yeah. both picks. Uh and also because of the way that the teams looked last week. Um, I thought the Eagles seemed rested and prepared, and they had a very easy game against the Giants, so I don't think they're too worn out. Um, they also have an extra day of rest uh, in the giant and the in the in the 49ers are coming across the country. Um, this will be by far the uh, the farthest road game that Purdy will have played. He's only had two. I think he's played in seven games, one seven, one seven out of seven, but he's only played two road games, and both of those games were fairly close. He won at Seattle, divisional mm-hmm. opponent, and he won in Las Vegas, probably in front of a, a fairly nonpartisan crowd. Yeah, in Vegas, so I bet it was probably a lot of 49ers fans uh, in the crowd. So I, so this will be his first real like true road test, true road game at least. See, not that Seattle's not a true test, but it's in. This is a big deal, and it's in. Yeah. Um, the pressure only gets higher as they get deeper in Philadelphia. Into playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know who won the last time Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts matched up? Uh, I do, because that was the. Uh... Big 12 championship game, was it not against Oklahoma? It was, no, it was, I believe it was a regular season game. Oh. It was in 2019. November 2019. 
Um, uh, and so it was, it was the one season where Kurtz was in Oklahoma. Yeah. And Oklahoma won 42 to 41. Yeah. Very close. A thriller. Hertz was 18 of 26 for 273. Three touchdowns a pick. Also two rushing touchdowns for 68. Um, the uh, um, Oklahoma was ahead 42-21 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the Cyclones almost came back. They went for two and they didn't make it. They would have won 43-42 had their last two-point conversion have followed. Uh, Purdy was 19 of 30, 280 yards, five touchdown passes that game. So um, in college, at least, even – so this might bode well for you. Iowa State was not was not as talented as Oklahoma They were was. They were a defensive-minded team, though. Like, they had a pretty good defense. But they still have 42. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The roster around Hurts was a lot better. That, that finished um, runner-up in the Heisman, though, too. But. I think yeah. Hertz finished. Hertz was top. He was top. Yeah, he was a yeah. finalist. I don't remember what exactly he was, but yeah, it was right. At, it was the year after Kyler Murray had won, and the year after, which was the year after uh, Baker Mayfield had won straight. So it was almost three straight quarterbacks from Oklahoma. But yeah, yeah so Hertz had a more um, highly recruited and uh, you know probably we would say talented team around him, but mm. maybe not uh, in coaching. I may, it may have been more of a evenly matched game and 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 so in this game i would say that the rosters are going to be a lot closer yeah in quality so maybe that back maybe maybe if i had thought about that before i would have gone uh 49ers but um yeah. i'm i think i think this is but purdy would have played big college games before he had actually beaten oklahoma i think before or after he's they iowa state won at least a couple of times against oklahoma I think so. Was. I think they did beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm 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 gonna say I think I think it's Philadelphia. I think they have I don't know, I'm I'm predicting them to win. So uh two and a half isn't that many points. So yeah. Let's go let's go Philadelphia. So how about the prop bets for this one? Prop bets, yeah. Um uh, so you want to talk about we we so we ended up taking prop bets. Both of us took a prop bet on the quarterbacks. Yes. You, 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 uh, the quarterback we thought would win the game. Oh, I had, no, I had passing yards. Yeah. You had passing yards. I had rushing yards for yeah. Hertz. Yeah. So I took, um, sticking with, with my guy, my Iowa State guy, uh, Purdy. Uh, there's a, a prop bet for, uh, 275 plus passing yards is a plus 320 bet. So $100 bet pays out $320. Uh, that, that's going to be my my prop bet pick. Okay, mine was very similar in payout. Mine was plus three hundred dollars after one hundred. Mine involved rushing, um, and that was Jalen Hurts would would have seventy or more rushing yards, uh, which he has done quite a bit over during the season. So um, more than half, I think, almost half the time uh, this season he is there. So it's a payoff of three to one for something I think that happens about fifty fifty. So yeah. in playoffs, you never know what's going to happen, but. Um, if Hertz's shoulder is fine, he might pardon the pun shoulder more of the rushing load because I think I think he is their best running back in most in a lot of mm -hmm. games. 
and maybe against the, a tough defense like the 49ers, um, Gainwell and uh, Sanders and uh, Austin Scott might not make as much headway on the round on the on the ground as as Hertz would. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he might have some scrambles in him and things like that. So I, I yeah, I think Hertz still to me is more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback. Mm-hmm. So um, I like Hertz at uh, plus 300. So if we both hit those, you'll be slightly in the lead. Yes, that's right. $20 if we both succeed. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so uh, yeah, Purdy had, um, what was it 220, 220 yards passing in a bad game against uh, against uh, Dallas. So it's not that big of a stretch to go to 275 because I'm sure they're going to have to be, they're going to have to score at some point. <laughs> they're going to have to put some points up. I think they're going to be throwing it a bit too. So, Hopefully yeah. So Purdy had yeah, two hundred fourteen yards last week. Fourteen. Yeah. But I think I think they probably might have to score more points against Philadelphia, so they might be in more of a passing mode. And and mm-hmm. McCaffrey and Diva, they didn't have a lot of yards uh, compared to some of their weeks. So. Maybe some of those rushing yards will be turned into short passes, like that are used like rushes, and that's a that's kind of what I'm betting on in this in this one. Yeah, I think I think I think those I think those both seem uh, logical. Of course, I think mine is logical, but I think yours is probably uh, as well. Uh, do we want to t- move on to the AFC, the game I think we're most interested in seeing? Right. Yeah. So this this is the fifth consecutive AFC Championship game hosted by the Chiefs, which is which is a record. Mm-hmm. I think they're the only team that had actually hosted it four times in a row. Right. As well, there have been teams that have played in it four and five times in a row. I think um, the Patriots under, under when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were running things like in the mid two thousand you know two thousand five two thousand fifteen era or something like that made eight straight uh, championships. Yeah. But no, you know, I think eighty um, Reed's Eagles. Hosted four, did they not? Hosted four. I think that, yeah, did they host all four? I think so. Yeah, maybe they did. Um, I, think, I think it was Andy Reid was the only one to host four, and he's done it now twice. Twice, I, okay. I what it was. He's also the first team to win at least 10 playoff games for two teams. Uh, yeah. So um, he's done that. Bolstering his Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame uh, odds, right? I think the Raiders in the 70s also made five AFC championship games. Hmm. Probably back when like John Madden and Tom Flores and people like that were the coach. Um, yeah. I think it was Ken Stabler uh, was the quarterback back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it's 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 something that I don't know if it technically would have been lost if the game had been in Atlanta because technically the Chiefs were the one seed, so they would still be the home team. But yeah. it's maybe it's semantics kind of at that point. But um, I'm kind of glad the games at Arrowhead, even if I think the Bengals would be a tougher test. Yeah. Given the way the Bengals are playing now versus the way the Bills had been playing, mm-hmm. although neither I don't think was a is a great matchup for the Chiefs. Both of the, those teams are teams that have beaten the Chiefs recently, and um, fame, you know, if you listen to the uh, national talk shows, you know, this idea that you know Burrow is three and zero against uh, Patrick Mahomes, but it's like they don't play against each other. You know, it, it's right. a Chiefs offense versus the Bengals defense and Bengals offense, Chiefs defense. And even so, the games have only been decided by a field goal. So they've been coin flip games, all three of them. Yeah. Um, so it's it's I don't I don't I don't see the 
uh, again, I'm not, I'm not that person who thinks, you know, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever simply because this team has won more games uh, than, you know, Peyton Manning's teams or whatever. I think uh, Manning was a better quarterback than Brady in most circumstances. If he had played for the Patriots, I'm sure he would have done very well as well. So yeah. It's sure. one of those. So now did, did Mahomes' ankle factor into how you bet on this game? It didn't exactly factor into how I bet. It, it, I think it made me a little more comfortable with my bet because the, the spread is – it started out the Chiefs were favored by one when the line opened. I think before the weekend, I think the, the idea was that if the Chiefs were playing the Bengals, it would have been like three points or something mm-hmm. like that at home. Um, then it moved down to one, and then there were a lot of Cincinnati betters at first. So mm-hmm. I think – and then at one point, the line moved all the way down to Chiefs plus two and a half. The Bengals were favored by two and a half points. I think that has changed back. Now it's just Chiefs plus one and a half. Yep. If that's still the – is that still the uh, line on, on I believe ESPN? So, so um, I – Yeah, since Cincinnati minus one and a half. I still think the Chiefs are going to win. I think I think it's going to be one of those things where Mahomes is tired of hearing the idea that Joe Burrow is uh, kind of has his number. Yeah, and the Bengals have been pretty cocky, calling uh, Arrowhead Burrowhead. Have you heard that uh, phrase yeah, that bandied about? Um, so I, I think the Chiefs uh, will really be coming to play. They're what they're now their underdogs. What what did he call it? Burrowhead. Burrowhead. Because he's he's sense? he's won there one time apparently, and that's and that makes him uh, the king <laughs> of the stadium. Uh, okay, all right. They won an overtime game, uh, therefore he really dominated. Uh, but I guess Mahomes, yeah, the Chiefs were way ahead, and they kind of fell apart in the second half of the mm-hmm. AFC right. Championship last year. They fell apart in the second half of the first game they played against the Bengals in Cincinnati, and then they fell apart. I think in the second half of this year's game, when when it looked like the Chiefs were in command of the game, then. Uh, maybe going up by two scores, but then Kelsey fumbled it mm. in Bengals territory and that changed the outcome. So I, but you know, three, three points, those are games that are very close. Yeah. I think that, so I think this, I think the chiefs are due. I also think the chiefs will be upset that, that the Bengals are having so much swagger and the chiefs are actually home underdogs to the Bengals. Yeah. And, the underdogs then. Yeah, that's all and Mahomes is hurt, but I think he's going to have a good game anyway um, with a high ankle sprain. So I'm, I'm, I'm betting on the Chiefs uh, plus one and a half here. So that I, I think the Chiefs will win. How about you? I, 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 this is one of those scenarios where it's, um, it's hard to split apart the wanting like the you know your mind about what you want to bet on and and uh you know betting with your team that you know it actually is your team like i've you know grown up here in kansas city so uh i can't i can't bet against the chiefs i have to go chiefs plus one and a half also yeah i can't either and like it's like in some ways i i think even if i wasn't from kansas city i'd still have a hard time finding it betting against them seems like a silly thing too so yeah i don't know I think in general my bets are coin flips. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't really gotten much better than a coin, and 
I think just betting on the Chiefs every time is also pretty much a coin flip uh, because I think you have a good chance, uh, at least yeah. a 50-50 chance. So like, it doesn't really matter who I, like, I, if I pick one side all the time or not. So that's how I'm yeah. talking myself into it. I think the Chiefs are... Um, well, and, and maybe the most important part of this is that the Chiefs have been pretty terrible at covering the spread during the season, but they've not, um, you know, really struggled to win games as they ended with the mm-hmm. number one seed. Uh, and the line is so close that only one and a half points like if the Chiefs are going to win like they win most of their games they're probably going to win by two points or more does that make uh a game yeah, that well they don't have to win by they only you know, win by one point they can win yeah, they, so yeah oh yeah and this one they they're underdogs so yeah. they can lose by a point and still cover the spread right so yeah but if they, you think they're going to win then you may as well bet on the Chiefs anyway right yeah yeah yeah, it's a small likelihood. I think the Chiefs lose by one point um, or two points. I think if anything, three points is more likely simply because if it's a tie game and goes to overtime, it maybe a field goal besides it. Um, but I think that I I I, I pick the Chiefs here. Um, I yeah, how about the, I had a harder time point picking over, the, yeah, the the over under. Um, it was forty seven and a half, right? 47 let me let's see if that's changed 46 and a half 46 and a half now it's 46 and a half it was 47 we talked about this earlier okay it's 47 okay so i had taken the over 47 so i definitely will take the over 47 and uh, 46 and a half does under does the under uh going down change things for you taking the under uh no maybe it should but but uh but no yeah i'll take i'll take the under i think it's gonna be more defensive um than the typical kansas city cincinnati game uh and the the ankle may hobble Mahomes just just enough to keep that point total down that's my Mm. guess as to how the game's gonna go yeah i'm a little surprised that it's only a half point higher than the eagles uh, Niners. Yeah. So I went under on that one. So I'm going to go over on this one because I think it, I think so. Uh, you you're, you're being consistent under on both. Um, so yeah, well, I think I've joined your mentality from from games. Uh, for most of the season, the strategy has been it's under until it's over, right? This is the uh, it's always under until it's over. But I usually tend to go overs. But yeah, in this in the playoffs, I've gone. Now this will be my third under out of four over under picks. Yeah. Solid. I think I've I so in my over under picks of the last two weeks, I've had three over under picks and I've gone two overs, only one under. So yes. I'm I'm you missed the one my normal trends. Yeah. But these are in the playoffs, these are also, I think games that also might be harder to win wagers on because these games are so um precisely kind of studied by uh the books and things like that i think it's yeah nfl is harder anyway because it's um they're only you know maximum of 16 games a week and 32 teams total so i think it's easy for um casinos sports books to keep tabs on what they think is going on in those games um you know if it's if you have i think it's easier if you if you happen to like follow 
um, you know, obscure college basketball team or something like that. If you're really into North, you know, Northern Iowa hoops or something like that, you might, you might have a better inkling on a lot of the spreads and things like that. If you really know how that team is and, and compared to like, you know, Vegas, it's just one of, you know, many teams to follow. I don't know. I picked Northern Iowa. I was just picking the team in the middle of the country, but it seems, that seems, you know, that's not, you know, followed too much. Um, Right. yeah, <laughs> outside of Northern Iowa, where, where is Northern University of Northern Iowa located? It is in Warner's uh, Cedar, Cedar Falls. Cedar Falls. I think Cedar it's Falls like, is like Eastern Iowa, isn't it? Yeah, it's so it's like um, straight. It's e- northeast from Ames. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Cedar Rapids. I think that is straight east of Des Moines. Yeah, I was thinking of Cedar Rapids rather than Cedar. Cedar Falls is north, Cedar Rapids is east. I was thinking of Cedar Rapids. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes Cedar Falls. Which is nicer, Cedar Falls or Cedar Rapids? Um, I don't know. I actually haven't spent much time in Cedar Falls. Cedar Rapids is is a pretty decent city, actually. I've been there a little bit. Uh, I had some family that, um, that you know, live near there, too. So It's between Chicago and... Uh, yeah, so uh, you drive by it if you go... We take I eighty to to Chicago from the, you know, if you go up up to Des Moines and then across, then you're going to drive pretty close there on the south side of uh, Cedar Cedar Rapids on the way through. How about Sioux Falls versus Sioux City? Do you have a Sioux Falls? I guess is, is in South Dakota rather than Iowa, but right. <laughs> Sioux Falls. Um, my uh, grandmother was from from the, near Ooh. there, I think. So, uh, in Sioux City, my uh, dad was actually from Sioux City, so. Always, I, th- I thought there was a Sioux City connection. For there's you. always been a big joke about Sioux City um, not smelling very good. But there's <laughs> <laughs> Sioux City reminds me. It's a little Backers. bit like a Quincy, Illinois. It's one of those river towns, like a St. Yeah. Joseph, Missouri, Hannibal kind of hard scrabble kind of uh, river town. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then yeah, what's then what's the town that's right on the Right next to Omaha. Council Bluffs. Oh, Council Bluffs. Yeah, that's right. That's supposed to be a little a rougher town there. Than... It's Omaha's East St. Louis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, there were some yeah, some guys that lived in the in the dorm down the hall from from me were from Council Bluffs. I think it might be nicer than East St. Louis, but it's 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 like that. It's the okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know. We, we're talking about North, I, I can't remember how we got on this topic, but um, back to the uh, Chiefs, yes, Bengals. Um, I guess Kurt Warner. We talked about Kurt Warner. He was from the University of Northern Iowa, probably the most famous uh, NFL alumnus from Northern Iowa from uh, that uh, university. Probably. Um, do you? So, uh, do we have any other comments on the Chiefs uh, coming up? We still have our uh, prop bets to go. So our prop bets. That's right. That's right. We have prop bets. Um, I, well, I guess we'll talk about mine first. Mine, mine was a receiving uh, touchdown prop this game. Um, oh, was it specifically receiving or is it just a touchdown? I guess it's anytime touchdown. Anytime touchdown. Anytime yeah. touchdown scored um, by a receiver. I made it on a receiver. Um, Kadarius Tony has, uh, it was plus 260 uh, for a $100 bet. Uh, if he scores a touchdown, uh, Tony, I think, 
he's a big part of the offense, both uh, especially near the goal line, which has been where most of the Chiefs' touchdowns have come this year. There haven't been a lot of long touchdown passes for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. They've all been either short or they've been kind of or they've been run or they've been runs. Um, mm-hmm from inside the red zone. So, and Tony is figures into both of those, especially when they get close. I think uh, in the playoffs, they break out a lot of gadget plays. It seems like maybe Nicole Hardman is still going to be out. So Tony is the gadget guy. He's working more into the offense. So, you know, I don't think he had a touchdown last week, uh, but he uh, has had a couple in the last uh, few regular season games, so mm-hmm. I, th- I think um, I think he's might be due, uh, especially against the, you know, I think against Cincinnati's defense, you have to kind of pull out all the stops. So, and they're going to be really gun gunning probably on Kelsey since Kelsey did so well against Jacksonville. So and basically everyone up. else all season long. <laughs> yeah, but it might that might open up the uh, uh, receivers a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. And and of the ones I think the likely ones I think are probably Juju and. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Tony had higher uh, higher payout, so he is plus two sixty. So um, I'm going Kadarius Tony with any time touchdown plus two sixty. I was tempted, tempted, tempted to go with Patrick Mahomes scoring a touchdown, meaning he rushing for a touchdown or catching a touchdown. I'm sure he's going to throw for at least one, but uh, on his hobbled ankle, he was eight to one, eight hundred plus eight hundred, and I thought, you know, nobody's going to expect it, but maybe he'll have a little scramble or something and be able to do it. If anyone can do it, I'm, I'm going to kick myself if uh, Mahomes does score. Yeah. Even if either Tony gets one, if Mahomes does, uh, that's a missed, I, I, it's a missed opportunity for me, but um, uh, he would have been plus 800. That would really would have put me, if, if that had happened, that what happens, it would really put me in control. I think. So what will happen is uh, the Chiefs will win 46 to nothing. Tony will not have a touchdown, but Mahomes will have multiple rushing touchdowns. <laughs> we'll flip the table. Yes, I would actually be. I would be enthused. I would be ecstatic. If the Chiefs won forty-six to nothing. Um, <laughs> at least my spread would be right. Uh, right, you get at least one of the three, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And with Tony too, though, you know, he he is returning kicks. I think too. So you've got. Even like a you know another outside chance at least anyway for a potential score. Yeah, punt return touchdown maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been kickoff. I think it's usually just Pacheco back there, but um, punt return touchdown exactly. Yeah, and you never know. And and just random weird scores. Yeah, you know, rever- you know triple reverse, either pass or run. Like it could be Tony if they do the you know snow globe play or whatever again or something. Yep. It could be Tony again. So I, he's shifty and he's yeah. Um, well, becoming one of my favorite players of the team, especially with um, Mahomes' ankle injury, you'd think that they may be a little more conservative about throwing downfield. But Tony is one of those guys that they do like, you know, use a lot of like short passes that you know just gets him in an open field with a chance to break something big. So it's like a low percentage risk and a high percentage outcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think yeah, he's the guy they tend to go to in those scenarios. So yeah. He's the most like Tyreek Hill of any of the receivers mm-hmm. that they have. Um, MVS, uh, Valdez Scantling might be more of a deep threat mm. than Tony, but Tony kind of has both of those yeah. um, things. And yards after the catch, uh, shiftiness, that's, that's Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. 
how about yours? What, what, what do you think? Uh, what, what's your prop bet on? And so here, I think, again, is the Mahomes injury may have affected this pick for me, I think, too. So, um, but I do think the, I didn't want to pick um, based on an outcome that the Mahomes is going to be throwing three yards. So I went with um scenario where I think that uh, Cincinnati is going to have to be throwing a lot. And so I'm uh, taking Burrow at 325 plus passing yards at plus 270. Plus 270. So very similar, again, a little bit higher payout than mine. I guess there are two scenarios where you think Burrow might score or might, might throw for that many yards. Um, either they're winning in a route or the Chiefs are way ahead and the, and the um, uh, Bengals are kind of trying to come back. Is that, is that, is that your thinking? Yeah. So, well, I think it's, yeah. If, so if, if the Bengals are ahead, they maybe do a lot of short passes, but I think they're still going to be throwing, but I think it's going to be either a close game or they're going to be having to play from behind where, yeah, Burrow's going to have to throw for three yards. And, and 325 isn't a crazy amount of yards for playoff game, especially when it's a with this much on the line. Like No, like, and, and I guess you think it's against the Chiefs secondary is probably their weakest link on defense simply because of the youth in the cornerback position. Mm. Uh, it's new safeties, you know, youngish safeties too. Uh, Reed is in his first year here. Uh, Thornhill's still young. Brian Cook, if he ends up playing a lot, is, is a rookie. So... And the cornerbacks are all rookies or Snead, I guess this is in his third year now. Um, yeah. He's the old, he's the old man of the group. Um, so it's a youthful secondary. So I, I, I would guess the Bengals will try to exploit that. And I guess in their first matchup was um, Chase was injured, wasn't he? he? He didn't play that game against the Chiefs. Is that right? Um, I don't think he was back yet from his injury. So I think T Higgins was the, was the lead receiver in the game. I think in the AFC championship game last year, Jamar Chase had a lot of yards, but I think in the matchup this season, I think Chase was out. So Burrow. So let's all look at the stat. The stats last, no, Chase did play. Um, so oh, was he so, just maybe he was just back. Oh, wait, that's the AFC Championship. I'm sorry, I was looking yeah. at the AFC. I, mean, I think he had a lot of yards in that game. Uh, so the AFC Championship last time, Burrow had 250 yards. Yeah. Um, Higgins had 103. Chase had 54 and a touchdown hmm. receiving. Uh, Mahomes threw for 275, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Burrow was 250, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, well, now I'm feeling less confident about my 325, Mike. That was last year's. And I'm trying to find. Um, uh, Chiefs Bengals December 4th. Um, so Mahomes this past time had, uh, was 223 yards, one touchdown, no picks. The Chiefs did. He did have a rushing touchdown. Remember that that kind of Air Jordan touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Sheko had uh, 14 carries, 66 yards, a touchdown. MVS led with 71 yards for the Chiefs receiving. Um, Tony did not play in that game. Um, but he was injured. Yeah. Chase and uh, T Higgins and Boyd all played. The last game, Maybe Chase really had 97 yards. Gotten back. Maybe that was like he just came back for that game. Boyd had 60 yards. T. Higgins had 35 yards and a touchdown. 
was Samaji Pirine had had the big Mixon was out that game. That might have been mm, maybe that was it. Yeah, we were thinking, uh, but it doesn't really matter. Mixon and yeah. Pirine are both good running backs. Um, yeah, but Joe Burrow had 286 yards, two touchdowns. So, I guess that's why it was 270 rather than plus 100. Yeah, uh, but I think if but I, I think the idea is that the Chiefs are scoring a lot uh the Bengals are going to have to pass a lot and the Chiefs mm-hmm. probably wouldn't mind you know giving up a lot of short passes yeah as long as they don't let um as long as they don't lead the scores right yeah yeah as long as you know Chase is you know really good I guess one so who, the referee who's the who are the who are the uh oh I had it up earlier but I don't have it, it was bo- um I, I hang on I got it oh Torbert Tor- yeah. and Torbert Hussey for the NFC. And Ronald, Ronald Torbert. Um, maybe, I I think it's one of those things where I think if they call it close in the secondary, usually the Chiefs are worse off, but Chase especially likes to push off a lot, so maybe there might be an offensive pass interference called. I don't know. You want to take a prop bet on that? <laughs> OPI? Yes. What? What do, is there? Is there a? Uh, do you see a bet? I didn't see one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll have to look at that for the uh, for the Super Bowl though. For uh, what we did our our um, betting spectacular a uh, couple years ago, I guess, right? Where we yeah. we made some absurd number of bets, uh, and we didn't, maybe didn't do very well on that. Uh, oh. but, uh, yeah, we didn't do that last year, did we? No, we. I think we we had, we had taken a we take almost a two year hiatus because of we yeah. were still recovering from that uh, <laughs> right. disastrous Super Bowl that uh, we thought going in. It seemed like Mahomes was feeling better. He was injured that play, those playoffs, mm-hmm. but the line got worse and worse as the playoffs went on, and Mahomes' yeah. like lower body health got worse and worse. So maybe this is what's going to happen again. Um, Don't say it. The line so far, the, the offensive line for the Chiefs is very healthy right now. Right. It's the Bengals offensive line, that is the problem. And maybe that is what um, the Chiefs can take advantage of. And, and like overall, the Chiefs defense has much improved from, from last season. So and I think it's improved even from when the Chiefs played the Bengals in earlier this season. Yeah. Yeah. The Chiefs have won um, every game since that Bengals game. They've won. They went the game after the Bengals, right? I think they played the 49ers and they've um, uh, run the table since then. They've won like seven or eight in a row. So, I yeah, mean, Bengals won like 10 in a row, but you know, it's a long winning, long winning streaks for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all set. We've got uh, what six bets each this week. So, we're going to see how that goes <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be a good test run for our super bowl week where right. i hope the ch- i hope it's the chiefs uh in the super bowl yes and even if it is carl cheffers as the referee the, Ch- the chiefs did win with cheffers as the referee in the 40 no they lost, no, they lost with cheffers cheffers was the referee against the uh um uh, buccaneers yeah and, that, and then he called some really bad problems against the yes chiefs. So yeah maybe the chiefs are due for a makeup uh was that well, that was the AFC championship game from the year before that, wasn't that? 
was that the one that uh that Sheffers was the Sheffers was the Super Bowl Super Bowl he might have been AFC championship too but he was the Super Bowl when uh they kept calling pass interference and all these penalties on the Chiefs that were kind of really iffy or not, not yeah. non-existent and basically that allowed the uh um Buccaneers to take a commanding lead going into the half yeah. and then like um the Chiefs got penalty because like Tom Brady and Chris Jones were yelling at each other but of course Chris Jones gets the penalty and not Brady right. uh, because he's the angry black man yelling at, at the, um, you know, calm, level-headed white guy. So right. Naturally. It's one of those things. Yeah. Great. So will, will we be back next week to make bets on the Pro Bowl, Mike? I Are there, are there uh, bets to be made on the Pro Bowl this year since they are not actually playing it's like a flag football game this time, right? Or skills challenge? Skills challenge. Uh, if there are if there are bets that can be made, I think we should we should do it. And because, because we can also at least recap uh, the AFC NFC championship games sure. and uh, bet on the on the Pro Bowl. Did you know you could buy a Pro Bowl ticket for as little as thirty six dollars if you want to oh, go wow. next week? Now, okay, now the Pro Bowl is um, now in the same host city as the super bowl now is that is that right um super bowl 2023 is uh is in no it's in it's in arizona this year it's in it's in uh glendale um at the cardinal stadium uh the pro bowl is in uh the raiders stadium okay in vegas it's pretty close but not yeah I was thinking they moved to the, because it used to only be, it was always in Honolulu, right? Wasn't that where it was they? Honolulu for years, and then they moved it to Miami. Okay. Sometimes. And then I think it's bounced around. Yeah. Okay. Pro Bowl. That's the, that's, that's the, you know, the jewel in the crown of the NFL season, if you can. Uh, Is that what they call it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The cool. sweetest plum. Well, they, if the, if the uh, sports books have made bet, betting available on that, then uh, we'll probably be back to me. Yeah. And that seems to be the one that is, would like, you know, they're conspiracy theorists and people that think things are rigged. But that would be the, those outcomes would be the most riggable of any, I think. For sure. Because it's only one person doing some skills competition or somebody trying to throw, throw it or, right. you know, it, it seems. Um, but it's easier, it'd be easier to tank a performance than it would be to, like win it unless there's some kind of like uh officiating somehow that's true right point point shaving i guess we could we yes could say. yes yes well on, on on the on that uh conspiratorial note we will <laughs> end this week this time yeah i just think yeah i think the, i don't even think the pro bowl is rigged <laughs> which is <laughs> They'll all die out. <laughs> Make organized things. gambling has, has infiltrated the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> once, uh, you know, uh, the, with with you know, it, the Pro Bowl was our you know, most sacred uh, of all institutions, and the one we could really uh, trust with its, uh, you know, it was above reproach, I think, but not no high Who integrity. Knows? really being questioned yes um but on that note uh 
Do we have anything else? I think so. Let's call it a day. Another week is in the books for the Warning Track Power Hour. Tune in uh, next week uh, after these games uh, to see uh, how we did and how you might have done. And uh, until then, as always, uh, uh, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and subscribe to our uh, little uh, broadcast thing that we do here, uh, either via YouTube or one of our many, many, many uh, podcast delivery uh, vehicles. And uh, until then, we bid you good day.